This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show on the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor X, how are we doing today? Welcome Good. to March. Good, yeah. Gone. <laughs> first first quarter is almost there. Also with us in the studio this morning, our production engineer, John Duran. Good morning. Welcome to episode 226 today. And Pastor Sam Toronto, our brother Ray Miranda, all helping with audio and video. And we have some other special guests in the uh, studio this morning with us. Full house here. Very special uh, guests. Pastor Mario Alvarez. Pastor Mario, how morning. are you doing today? Good. Good. Thank you, you for taking the time to be with us today. And some of his uh, key lieutenants or uh, assistants <laughs> in the ushers ministry, our brother Jesse Ledesma. Jesse, yeah, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. And awesome. uh, Robert Lerma. I'm good. Just living the dream. The, the veteran of many years. <laughs> He's uh, Robert, how long have you been going to this church? Uh, I was uh, 18. You were 18 years old? <laughs> yes. Oh, just the other day? Then. Just the other day. <laughs> Actually, Robert, it's funny. My dad, and we were, he's cleaning out the garage, and he found his old, his first Bible. And in that Bible was a schedule from when he used to usher, and and your name was on there. This is early 80s, right? And yeah. Yeah. We're, there's a lot of names on that list, but Robert's was on there, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Today we're going to spend some time talking about the ushers ministry, which is a very broad subject. Pastor X, people have interesting ideas. Christians have interesting ideas about what's important or unimportant in ministry. And I would think some of these are carryover values from the world and not really attached to uh, any kind of a scriptural model. Can that be a problem for a church? Sure, sure. I mean, God's given us the New Testament as well as the foundation of the Old Testament for us to be able to know how to conduct ourselves in the house of God. In fact, that's what Paul told Timothy in this epistle to him. And First um, uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus are really the only uh, church uh, manuscripts we have directly related and written for how to deal with things in the house of God. We can pick up principles from the book of Acts, from the ministry of Jesus Christ, but the thing is that whatever we do, whether it be in administrative work or, um, or in terms of the health or in terms of conducting ourselves or in terms of finance and everything, that we always go back to the scriptures to be able to be legitimate, um, biblical, to say we're doing what the Bible says. Amen. There's a lot of things that go on, whether it be in the gifts of the Holy Spirit or whether it be how to run the church that are really um, corporate models of the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of churches are nothing more than big corporations. And they run it just like a business. They make decisions just like a business. They don't really seek the Lord. They don't ask God for opening doors or closing doors. Um, it's just the corporate model. Amen. And that, that, that's a big problem because the church, he's the head of the church and we're to follow his lead. So it's important. And that is, I mean, that is so important that, you know, because we're, you're going to have issues. When you deal with so yeah. many people, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have... Uh, lack of understanding, disagreements. And so we're able to go to people and open up the, the scripture and say, this is why we do this. Sure. It's interesting, before the broadcast today, I was talking, Robert mentioned that uh, he'd seen uh, a recent book that came out where they're taking biblical principles and applying it to the corporate world and how it really has a lot of good information. And I, I, that's fascinating because, you know, what the Bible says works. Sure. Yeah. And the principles, and even though, you know, people not attached to the Lord, 
You know, that's the, sure. the key element right there. But the other things are important as well. Pastor Mario, you have been involved overseeing and leading the Ministry of Ushers for at least more than 40 years, and uh, as well as in the number of other issues that you do. How would you characterize the importance of ushers as they operate here at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena? How important are they in the function of the church? Well, they're very important. Uh, um, their, their function is really somewhat... Um, it needs to be silent and invisible in the sense um, they're here to keep order. They're here to uh, um, allow the people to be able to come in comfortably, to uh, listen to the study, to participate in the worship. Um, uh, and ideally, they will greet people as they come in, and hopefully that's the last time they have uh, uh, any interaction with him other than leaving. We're, we're here really just to make sure that when people come, that they're able to receive from God through the Word, through Xavier's teaching, um, uh, the things they need. And the last thing they need is any kind of interference. So they're, they're important because they, they are here to uh, keep order in a sense um, and to uh, um, really just greet and be a smiling face to uh, people as they come in. Amen. Mm -hmm. Would it be would it be accurate to say that they kind of provide a framework for all the other ministries to operate? Yes, they do, and and hopefully without uh, um, a lo lot of interference. But yeah, they're they're here to serve in uh, most in any and every way. Mm -hmm. uh, they're here to uh, um, to watch and to listen and make sure things are um, uh, conducive for the study of the word. Yeah. Amen. I was going to ask you if there's an easy way to describe what they do, but I think you, you pretty much did that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's good. Uh, Pastor X, would it be right to look at ushers in the ministry like deacons from Acts chapter 6, considering the work that they do? Sure, sure. And that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Ushers are deacons. Deacons is just those, those servants of God, those that come alongside. It can be in any, any level of, of, of helps. Um, you always have deaconesses also. Uh, Phoebe was a deaconess. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are there to do um, different things for the church, uh, to be there for the women mm -hmm. um, sometimes. Um, you have um, uh, house for people that are at home. Um, now, regular Christians can do it too. Amen. But when they function under the auspices of the church, um, you know, you have deacons, you have elders, you have bishops. And the elders, uh, it, it's, it, it describes the, the office, and usually one that's of age, but uh, it's used synonymous with an overseer or right. a bishop, um, episcopos. And, and so there's a slight difference between that the one describes the person in the office, a, a person of age, the other one describes the function. They oversee, they supervise. Um, and so you need all those three offices that are there for the sake of order and for the, um, the benefit of the people, to guide Amen. them. Somebody sees the usher out in the parking lot and they, um, the facility was such that they would have to look for a specific room. Then they would ask, they would direct them. Yeah. Just like anything else. But again, the main thing is the biggest difference between people that serve in the church, whether they be deacon, elders, or bishops in that, or even the pastor, is that it's servant leadership. Amen. It's an upside-down pyramid. It's not like the world, which is an up, 
upright pyramid that everybody's working towards the top. And when you get to the top, you got to fight to keep everybody from beating you, from yeah. staying, keeping yeah. you from the top. And that's and a great so, picture of the world. And so um, Jesus says, you know, I'm a one as among you who serves. Yes. You know? And so we're here, to, we serve the Lord directly, but we serve the people as our submission to the Lord. Uh, again, knowing the gift that God has called me and directed me there, not just something I choose. In other words, sometimes people may be in a church and they may feel, well, you know, I've been here 10, 20 years. I should be now the assistant pastor or I should be the administrator. It doesn't work like that. No. Um, every office that is held in the church or position we pray that it's the Lord directed and guiding the individual, mm -hmm. anointing them with the gifts, because the way you run the church is the supernatural gifts of the Spirit of God, Amen. not through the talents or abilities that come from the world or from your own abilities. That's a big, big difference. That's why you were just mentioning about taking biblical principles and putting them into the corporate world. Well, They'll work, yeah. but you can't put the world no. in the church model. No. Okay, It'll benefit the world because it's light, yeah. but the world... It's, it's a competitive and a very uh, forceful uh, self-preservation yeah. principle. It would be a serious downgrade for us yes. to put corporate principles mm -hmm. into the, the Church of God. Absolutely. Um, we, you mentioned in there, we, there all are also women who are involved in the ushers' ministry, and they're useful and gifted, and we're grateful for their efforts. Pastor X, when we talk about them, ushers as being deacons, do all of the scriptural requirements from Titus and Timothy they need to apply to these men as well. Yes, they were given to us there. We don't make them up ourselves. Amen. Again, we, we must be able to put our finger on this is why we do what we do. Amen. In context, not just ripping out of its context, but that the requirements are for the deacons, deaconesses, for elders, for bishops, for pastors. So it's not uh, our own subjective uh, qualifications. They're, they're God's objective truth of revelation. They have never changed. They will never change. Um, culture changes, generations change, countries change, but the Word of God stays the same forever. Which is, I, I think, a huge evidence that this is divinely inspired. Sure. Because people are not able to cook up ideas that remain relevant over 100 years. Right. But God provides that input yeah. Yeah. that will, is, yeah. it has a It transcends culture and Amen. nations yeah. and people and time. So, Jesse, when you arrive here on a Sunday morning, what do you do? Well, we usually get here at least an hour before the service. Okay. And then um, as ushers right now, we have a devotional. So we begin that devotional. And then uh, we get together, we pray, and then we get our assignments uh, where we're going to be stationed. And uh, we just greet people when they come in. And is it a little bit different, Robert, from place to place, depending on where a guy's going to be stationed? Are there different responsibilities or things you're looking for? Yeah, each uh, position, each post within the church, the children's ministry, the parking lot has a specific role. Uh -huh. um, and we try to identify what's important for that role and then match that with the person um, so that they're able to satisfy those specific requirements. Um, without going into details, you know, within the sanctuary, there's specific areas where uh, usher might be stationed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And within that that role, uh, for instance, that particular role might, for instance, be uh, at the end of the service, uh, watching the the flow of people coming up to speak with Xavier, yeah. making sure that uh, there is no, 
you know, threat or, or distraction, distraction yeah. or something like that. Um, and that's important, you know, because when we open the doors on Sunday morning, we don't know who's coming. Yeah. We don't know who's going to show up for we church. We welcome everybody. After, and yes. we want to. We want everybody. I mean, if the homeless people show up, we're grateful. Yeah, you know, exactly. God's brought them to there to hear the word of God and... And but it just it's important that it's not a distraction. You know, doing high school ministry for some years, kids would be a distraction. I have to throw them out of the room. You know, you, you have to leave because if it's a distraction, yeah. nobody else yeah. can take advantage sure. of the work the Lord's doing. Yep. That's pretty awesome. So not everybody in the ushers ministry can do every every job. I think of yep. you guys as like a Swiss Army knife because you do <laughs> you do so many things. I mean, you do cleaning, you do crowd control. You do a little bit of counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you do a lot. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. amazing. It's really encouraging. And Pastor Mario has to do the training for all this, doesn't he? Uh, you, I used to, but I think we have some better <laughs> qualified people to uh, uh, take care of that. You know, each, each person takes it up to the level that God has uh, given them. Amen. And, you know, you, you in the process, you look for people who are more gifted than you to Absolutely. take it a notch further and, yes. and even so and uh, um, so we have some very talented people people that are and they're talented I think because God has called them to yes. do that and they just fit the position and they take care of it and they you know do a better job than you yeah. could I think about our sister Irma and her husband Santos who are also involved <laughs> in the ushers ministry and they are just wonderful personalities they're so engaging with people and it's not like they they're not uh because people can be engaging and it can be uh, off-putting you're like you know well, they're not obnoxious not at all not at all in fact they're just a pleasure to be around sure. and 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 you just see that and that's god's gifting upon their lives sure, right. it's wonderful right. and you you can stand back and watch them people will come into the church who are brand new never been here before and they will instantly feel comfortable and it's just wonderful to see the Lord do that. And again, that, that's the, the, the challenge all the time because you can understand and teach that um, we want to make sure that you know your gift Amen. and you align your service with your gift so that it's effective. But if, if you're not constantly being aware of that and um, teaching that and reminding people of that, Pretty soon the natural takes over, and then pretty soon is who's your friends or what what they can yeah. do, what they can't do, and you can't do that. And so, um, if a person has a certain gift, whatever it may be, um, they 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 fit that service for the Lord, and the Lord calls them there. Uh, for me to try to run the church or that particular ministry the way the world does. Then I'm I'm thinking well he should he's been there for two years we should take him a notch up yeah but if I move him a notch up I may frustrate him and make him ineffective because that's not what God's called him to do this is where he serves amen so seniority doesn't matter in the Lord yeah. time doesn't matter what matters is that you know your gift you know your calling and you know God has anointed to do that. And you do it as unto the Lord, regardless of what anybody else is going to do. That's foreign to the world. Yeah, it is. The world is competitive. It's self-centered. And if I'm if I'm giving direction and overseeing, obviously I'm more important. Sure. Than sure. In the world. Sure. It's interesting, Robert and I again. We were talking before the broadcast how the key to ministry is to find the person that God wants in this position, and then yeah. get out of their way. Yeah. And let yeah. the Lord do it. Yeah. Let him guide them. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
You mentioned something earlier, Jesse, about mm -hmm. when you guys come on Sunday morning, the fact that you have a devotional. Yeah. Now, for the ushers, they're not always able to sit in on the Bible studies yeah. or teachings from week to week because of the different, like out in the parking lot, you know, uh, yep. they, and, and, and it's, they could listen to it on their phone, but that would be a distraction from the work they're trying yeah. to do. So it's important for them to have that, that devotional, that mm -hmm. time in the Word. Exactly, and, yes. Uh, good thing. Yeah. We, we emphasize that uh, we want them to serve maybe once or twice a week, but we want them also to sit in mm -hmm. at least once a week mm -hmm. uh, as well. It's not always possible, but, um, you know, we, we attempt to do that. And, and they can get recordings, they can that. get it that's off right. the Internet. Yeah. They mm -hmm. need to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same pretty much with any area of ministry, isn't it, Pastor Mario? I think so, yeah. yeah. They need the fellowship. They need yeah. to grow. They need to be yeah. part and of And you have the two well. services, so yeah. they can serve yeah. one and go to the other. We used to have three services for about 34 years, 33 years. Yeah. And so, you know, they would serve one and go to any of the other two, stuff like that. And when you have enough um, people helping and doing service, then there's no problem. But again, the main thing is that you know what God wants you to do. And, and God always gets his work done in the church, mm -hmm. not with many, but with few. Mm -hmm. If you would look to the proportion of big churches, big mega churches, three, four, five, six thousand people, the number of people that are involved in ministry is far less than a smaller church in proportion, mm. in percentages. That, that goes for the giving, that goes for service, that goes for anything. Um, I'm not against <laughs> big churches, but it's an easy place to hide and to be superficial <coughs> and to just be one of the cows in the whole herd. You know what I mean? Yeah, to hide out. Yeah. Amen. With such a broad variety of responsibilities, and we haven't really touched on all of them. Obviously, you're doing crowd control. Uh, there are security issues mm -hmm. in, in certain places. You guys do cleanup, uh, and there's always cleaning issues. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it starts to rain on a Sunday morning. <laughs> we got to put out mats inside the building so people don't slip and fall on the tile. Little things like mm -hmm. that. Must be a ton of training involved. Are you guys, Robert? Are you guys constantly training and teaching and instructing? To the in 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 addition to spiritual instruction, yeah. just practical issues for the ushers ministry. Yeah. So I mean, you know, safety is obviously a concern, um, yeah. and along with safety comes not just you know the things that you mentioned, like uh, you know rain, things like that, making sure people don't fall, but. You know, safety also in the event of uh, a natural disaster like an earthquake. You know, how do the ushers respond? How do they usher people out? Yeah. You know, um, we've just been talking recently with Mario about even within the uh, congregates in the in the church, of those that are here in an, in an event of an earthquake, who do we identify to go after first? For instance, like the elderly, the disabled, those Amen. we want to be able to usher them out, uh, get them safe. So. You know, aside from cleaning, there's also those other safety issues um, that go along with keeping everybody safe, not just the So that, that's interesting. So you guys are going to be different than like the governors of New York and Pennsylvania <laughs> that kind of targeted yeah. the elderly and the infirm yeah. to just leave them. And you're actually going to help them get out of the building. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know that there are, and I kind of hate to bring this up, but... Do you guys have specific responsibilities, for instance, in the case of an active shooter, somebody who would come into the church to cause harm and, and injury to people? And do you guys work through those kinds of scenarios as well? 
Yeah, I mean, we uh, we have training specifically for those type of you know scenarios and situations, uh -huh. um, and it is something that we're working towards to be a little bit more effective on how to handle those situations. Mm -hmm. You know, with um, the usher ministry, sometimes, you know, it, it, it expands and it contracts. And so when you get new people coming in, they may not be familiar. Um, some are just naturally going to be hesitant to get involved in a situation like sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, and as we talked about earlier, the different posts within the church, you know, we assign those uh, ushers that in, a, in the event of something happens like that, they would be uh, very uh, preemptive. They would, you mm -hmm. know, anticipate mm -hmm. and they would be the ones that would get in the way. So you recognize those kind of <coughs> gifts in people that and and they're also for instance I know that in the ushers ministry you have a number of people who are former police officers some yeah. maybe even active police officers currently that's really got to be really important to draw upon. It is. Yeah that's awesome. Imagine through the years you guys have seen a number of situations where uh, under the ideal circumstance, you'd like to see somebody else step up to take care of an issue, but maybe there's nobody else available. It, I would think out in the parking lot, you know, uh, our brother Pete Gonzalez out there yeah. in the parking lot, and he's talking to people, or and he may have to step up and deal with the thing. Yeah. And we, you know, the, the cool thing is we have confidence in the Lord's ability to provide what's needed in that situation. And it's got to be a real comfort to you guys to know that, to see the Lord's hand involved in the ministry as it goes forward. We have some uh, good guys and, and ladies that will step up when necessary. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they, they make themselves known just by their actions, you know, not necessarily words. And uh, we rely on them. We, we, we look to them to make sure that they are in those places where they should be and can be. And because uh, here in Pasadena, we have everything that you can imagine happening out by the parking lot. Yeah. We have ladies coming in. Uh, by themselves from a distance, walking in, uh, moms with their kids and stuff. So we, we want to be there. We want to be able to be helpful. Uh, you know, we've even had medical issues out there that we've had to call uh, the, uh, you know, um, the paramedics for. And so um, people step up, and it's 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 great to see when they do because they're just it's interesting, a blessing you know, to people. Just I think what last year, Pastor X, you were coming in for a Sunday night service. And our brother, uh, brother from the church, passed out right. and collapsed, yeah. and uh, you you just happened to be right there, and were able to hold him up and called the paramedics, and they yeah. came and they transported him, and you know, it, the Lord provides. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I I really learned a lot from uh, the experience of uh, listening and um, working with like Pete and Ruben and and uh, you know Joe Lopez and stuff like that. Amen. It's really been a blessing to Amen. to rely on their experience. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord is yeah. faithful. The main thing is that when people come into the facility, whether it be the parking lot or walking into the facility, that there is a confident, friendly presence Amen. that is there. Um, you walk from the street, you know when a person has confidence by the mm -hmm. way they walk, mm -hmm. how they look. A person that's distracted is, is not aware of anything. So you want to make sure that whoever is serving at whatever level, that they're confident, they're friendly, but they're undistracted. And that communicates a lot. People can see that, and that's important. Um, and people that are um, looking for an opportunity to benefit themselves or to take do advantage. harm or take advantage, mm -hmm. they, they, they read the body language. They, 
That's, when you're in the street, you're in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're very good at it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and the majority of us came out of the street. So we have a great advantage. Yeah. You know, we're like the New Testament church. We weren't born in church. And so we understand the world, the evil and all that. Uh, much better than someone who's raised in the church and has never been out in the world, even though they are affected to some extent. But they're, they're not in the mud up to, over their neck. So it's a little yeah. different. Amen. <laughs> and fortunately for us, our location in the city, it's not maybe the you know, elite neighborhood, but it's not a terrible, terrible neighborhood yes, either. We, either. We don't really have uh, violent crime on the street in this neighborhood every day. But it's something that we are very aware of. And I think you guys probably more than us, very aware of the fact that there's potential. You know, there can always be, whenever you have um, normal people on the street, you can have a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we try to, you guys are, do a great job at, at uh, keeping them. I, I can't recall that we've ever had like a serious issue where um, yeah. persons from the church have been accosted. I mean, I know mm -hmm. we've had some run-ins with ushers and violent people because if we see somebody out on the street with a baseball bat, the, uh, the ushers ministry is going to go out and confront them. Yeah, I think for the most part, whenever the ushers are visible, I think they're going to be a deterrent yeah. Yeah. from situations happening. That's why okay. we, we, we try to emphasize guys being in the parking lot at all times for the services and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if anything, just to stop anything or discourage any anything from taking place because uh, you know we do get uh, characters out there Amen. Um, and uh, I'm sure they would take advantage of any situation that uh, allowed them um, so you know we just try to be there and it it's 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 constant yeah mm -hmm. and our parking situation is such that we do have a lot of people out on the yep. street in the outlying areas so again yeah. something we need to be considerate pastor Mario what's the process like for somebody who wants to get involved in the ushers ministry well, one thing you have to realize is to serve the Lord in any situation, it's a privilege. And uh, um, the ushers uh, takes, an usher takes care of the most basic needs of the ministry in a sense, but that doesn't mean that it's a lowly position. So uh, in any, any ministry here at church, we require them to be here at least six months. Mm -hmm. For them, like it says in First Timothy, to to have a, a good reputation, a walk with the Lord, uh, we require them to go through the new believers class to uh, to be uh, somewhat around so we can observe them. Yeah. And then and then um, if they approach us, of course, then you know we we interview them, we take them through the process of what it is to be an usher. And or sometimes we approach people. I did just uh, last Sunday, a young man had been praying about the ushers. He's been here for years. And uh, I noticed that he hadn't been doing much, but he's always here. So I, uh, he seemed like a perfect fit. Now, that doesn't mean he, he will be. <laughs> you know, that, that the process will yeah. take care of that. But uh, um, uh, so, you know, you, you have to be uh, reputable in a sense, spiritually speaking, to, to be an usher, you know, because you have uh, a great responsibility. You're you're not in front on stage, but you're in front of people. Amen. You know, so... Uh, and that again speaks back to the requirements from Titus and Timothy. Right. You know, right. no, no uh, uh, obvious accusation against your life. Right, right. And so that's yeah. important. Yeah. And again, everybody who serves is a Christian. Amen. Born we make again. sure they're born again. That's right. That they don't just come here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of churches that don't even ask the question, are you born again? How long have you been a Christian? Or anything like that. 
And so we, we require that one be born again. Non-believers come here, and we're happy they come here. They get saved. Amen. Some of them don't want to get saved, but they're welcome here. Mm -hmm. uh, they're exposed to the Word of God, to the family of God, to see the difference between people who are born again and who are not. Uh, but again, our requirement is first you're born again, then we want to make sure you're grounded, you know, the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Because the Word of God is going to give you the instruction on what it is to be a usher or elder or whatever it may be. And so we don't want to just tell you what to do. We want you to know what you're to do by your own searching of the Scriptures. Um, and so we depend on the Lord to direct and guide all of us. We all have the same manuscript. Uh, it's never changed. We all have the same Holy Spirit. We all have the same mind of Christ. And so we should all come up with the same interpretation. Amen. Okay. There's, there should be no different because these letters were written to a set time, to a set people with a set problem, situation, and uh, looking at the vocabulary, the grammar, the context, and the cultural background. Then we're going to find out what it meant to the people of that day. Yes. Once we find out in the exposition what it meant to them, then we can see if it can be transposed straight across an application or maybe just in principle. Um, but the most important thing is what did it mean to them? Yes. And then we can see if it means the same thing to us exactly yeah, or in principle. Yeah. Very, very important. And, and, you know, even between believers, communication is more of an art form sometimes than a science. And so y y you guys will talk to members of the ushers ministry. They may not understand exactly what you're going for. Yeah. But the great thing is if these people are born again, they're going to have the Spirit of God to provide direction for them. And, and even the way that they disagree with you is going to be affected by the Holy Spirit of God, and it'll it'll be productive. It'll work out in a way that's a blessing. You guys are you guys are pretty uh, fortunate in the work that you do. It's great to observe. It, it, for every person involved in ministry, whoever they may be, even Pastor Xavier, you have an idea of what your area of responsibility is. I'm going to do this, this, and this, or any combination of those things. And so you prepare yourself to step up and to do a good job at those things. Now, sometimes God has a different idea. He wants you to do this other thing that you're, in your mind, you're completely unprepared for. Do you guys find that happening with Usher's ministry from time to time? Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes people need to be approached. Amen. They they need to be uh, encouraged, exhorted to do the right thing. Rebuked. Yeah, and, and nothing is more uncomfortable <laughs> oh, than having yeah. to approach yeah. somebody. Uh, it is it is a difficult thing, but it has to be done. And, and ushers are put in that position where you know, especially in the sanctuary during a service, you know somebody's uh, eating some candy, making some noise, right. drinking a cup of coffee, on you know, phone. Uh, <laughs> on their, answering their cell All phone. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, and they and and nobody likes to have to confront people like that. No, um, that's why we thought there's no way I would ever be part of an issue. That's the last thing I want to do, <laughs> and that's exactly what I have to do so often. You know, so. And um, I'm glad you answered that because I know that. When people in any ministry get in a spot where they feel uncomfortable with something, they come to you. <laughs> yeah. And they want you to deal with it. <laughs> and yeah. so you're, you're, you've been elected. It's yes, exactly. A cup of coffee can why. be confrontational. Oh, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots going on today, Tuesday night. We've got men's and women's Bible study, the youth group going on. Uh, the men's Bible study can be heard in a couple of days, like on Thursday or Friday. Yep. Online. But the women... 
can be live streamed this evening, and they're beginning the Book of Esther tonight. They can be, yes. And uh, that's like at about what, uh, eight, eight, eight o'clock, eight fifteen. So we actually start streaming the women's study at seven p.m. Okay. And we uh, stream the worship set. Yes. And then after that, they do break up into their small groups for what, like forty minutes or something like yeah. that. So the it, study starts about eight fifteen. It I does, think. Yeah. yeah. But we give everyone a disclaimer and just say, hey, in house, everyone's going to do their groups, sit tight, eat dinner, do whatever. Yeah. And you, you know, welcome to join us. So we encourage minutes. people if you're in the local area, you're welcome to come by for men's and women's ministry. But ladies, if you're, you know, in Western Europe, you can certainly watch yes, online. Yes. What time would that be? Uh, I would have to figure that uh, yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let them figure that out. Right. So, John, we want people to contact us with questions, good questions. We do. We and uh, comments, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Feel free to contact us. Send us an email, uh, simpletruths at ccpas.com. Amen. And uh, who knows, Pastor Xavier just may answer your question live on the broadcast. Um, there's also other ways to uh, Instagram messaging and uh, well while we're live on Facebook and YouTube there's YouTube little, live Facebook live. chat box there okay know. but yeah um, most people seem to do it through email well, okay uh, whatever works thank you yes you know talking about the work of ministry in general and I know we all feel a real gratitude to the Lord for allowing us to be involved in ministry. That's, I think that's a real, for me, a foundational issue is that, you know, you get up every morning, you realize, I don't really deserve to do this. Yeah, right. I, this is a thing that God has allowed me to do, and I'm, I'm great. And that sets a sort of a, a, a theme, a tenor, foundation for everything else that transpires in the work that you do. We're talking about servant leadership. That's a necessary component. To what goes on. How would you guys describe the benefit that you receive from working with a particular group of people over a long period of time? How does it change the way that you see church? Um, you know, it's interesting with, with the ushers, you know, like if you look at the ministries, you have a lot of ministries that minister to groups of people, mm. but the usher ministry is one of the very few that ministers to an individual as they walk in and you get mm. to know them, you get to see them. Um, I tell the ushers all the time, you know, make sure that you're aware of people coming in because you can see on their countenance that something's going on, you know, yeah. approach them, talk with them. And then you get to see them go through those trials. You get to see them kind of, you know, graduate on to better things, so to speak. And so, you know, for us, it's rewarding because then you can see how they've grown. You can see the changes, um, you know, uh, you know, people that have come in that are, um, you know, happy one day and not so happy the next. You know, yeah. you can see that. And so, you know, for us, it's rewarding because now it's an opportunity to individually minister to them. Um, you know, some of the ushers we carry are little bottles of oil so that we can pray with them, anoint yeah. them, you know. Um, so it's, it's rewarding that way. Um, and then, you know, for us, um, you know, we, we do get an opportunity also to kind of hear the, you know, the, the study uh, several times, maybe fragmented because of where we, we you know, serve. You get to hear how it changes from one service yeah, exactly. to another. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a joke changes, right, actually? <laughs> but, um, no, but for us, you know, it's, it's always rewarding because we know that, you know, deep down we're doing it for the Lord. We're not doing it for any other reason. And, you know, so we take, uh, you know, all those situations that we encounter and we know that it's, uh, it's, it's preordained. We know that we're going to go through for a reason. Jesse, you mentioned earlier that you uh, recently talked to our brother Reuben. Yes. 
and uh, others, and, and Pete Gonzalez, you mm -hmm. mentioned. And has the Lord put together serious friendships in your life as a result of ministry involvement? Oh, yeah, especially in the ushers ministry. You know, you have a, a certain camaraderie, you know, because uh -huh. we're, we're with each other all the time. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, like, for example, with the devotional, we went through the book of Romans. And that, for me, you know, I will always remember that because, you know, uh, it's something that we did. I mean, we tackled the book of Romans and, uh, you know, the, some of the studies that were given. You know, we're not all going to be teachers and stuff, but God honors his word. Amen. And it was a really awesome study. So, yeah, you, you get to really have some good friendships and, uh, you know, uh, grow spiritually. And it's just a really awesome thing to see. Pastor X, is that just a normal part of fellowship? Is that what the Lord intended for us? Sure. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Again, every generation, um, especially the modern-day church, they, um, they promote certain programs, certain mm -hmm. uh, principles, you know, like, uh, um, you know, we, we, we mentor people, this and that, and they have their own little way to mentor. The problem is that if we do things the Bible, the way it says to do them, then when people are born again, they're going to be mentored by the Lord Jesus Christ as they come to church and are the church, Amen. as they're growing in the Amen. Word of God, as they're being doers of the Word of God, as they get involved in serving, as they are responsible to being the father, the mother, the young person, whatever it may be. That is mentoring. You develop relationships from being involved with the body. So many people just go to church in and out, and that's it. So they, they're really not exercising the function of really being the church of Jesus Christ. Now those, those relationships that we believe the Lord's involved in, that he's, he's really preempting them, would that fall under the category of discipleship? Sure. A disciple is a learner. Right. So once again, when you come, you're a Christian, you're to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church is to perfect the saints, to do the work of ministry, that they not be tossed to and fro with every one of doctrine, but they might grow in the full stature of Christ, you're in, under construction until he takes you home. Amen. So there in Ephesians chapter 4 from 9 on down, there's the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is not to evangelize the world. Yeah. That's the privilege. Yeah. The purpose of the church is to teach the saints. So there's not much teaching that goes on, but there's a lot of programs that are given in to kind of uh, attract people or to keep people when really if you just teach the Word of God and you do what it says, that's going to come natural. It's not some fabricated, organized, man-made program that kind of locks the back door so people don't leave. People are going to come and go. Amen. 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 It's his church. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> nobody's going to force anybody to go to church. If, uh, you know, uh, nobody has to force you to go to a good restaurant. You keep going back because you have good food. Just get in line. <laughs> it's the truth. The same thing with church. So Pastor Mario talking again about bringing people into ministry. And again, you said earlier that there are times at which people apply, people will ask, but there are times where you will actually approach people. Right. I know you approached me and asked me about being involved in Usher's ministry over at the Masonic Lodge. In, uh, Seriously? You did, yeah. So, yeah. You've all grown some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Um, and uh, many, many, you know, 45 years ago, 40 yes, yes. years ago. You were one of the first people I remember serving in ministry, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and, that's because yeah. all the rest of them passed away. <laughs> <laughs> some have, unfortunately. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of the benefits, uh, you know, to include a number of things that you asked us over the last 
few minutes. Um, one of the things about being an usher is that you have an opportunity to greet people as they come in. And so it allows you an opportunity to get to know them. Uh, maybe someone who you wouldn't normally have greeted or spoken to. And so, you know, over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of people. Amen. And in that process, you know, ask some to be part of the usher ministry or even uh, approach them to be part of the children's ministry or, or even uh, um, missions or whatever. Just as you see them being part of it, uh, oftentimes people come, they may be new, they have no idea what the church is about, and over time you're able to direct them a little to, to get involved in one ministry or another. And so it, it's a, it's a, uh, a blessing, a, a privilege to mm -hmm. be able to do that. Um, and uh, you do, you gain some close friendships through that. And uh, uh, I think the Lord uses it. Um, you know, in, in our mind, you know, we think that we may be spiritual or not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I know better. You know, it's not, over the years I have learned that those people who you think might be really good at one thing aren't necessarily really good in, in the church at that one thing. Um, <clears throat> I certainly wouldn't have picked me to be an usher. I would have picked someone, you know, 6'2", you know, uh, 220 pounds, you know, someone... Like Jesse. Can, uh, yeah. Someone who can take care of things. But that's yeah. not how God often works. No, he, he, he wants to show himself strong in people, and so often uh, he does in that process. It's like Pastor Xavier, in, in his mind, thinks about Samson, that he was a little scrawny guy. That's right. <laughs> because exactly. God got the glory. That's yeah. exactly Amen. right. Yeah. Pastor Xavier, something Mario just said about coming in contact, getting to know people that, I mean, for instance, in the world, you would have never even spoken to. Right. Is that part of the Lord's plan in the church you sure. know, the, the harmony and diversity. Sure. Well, the thing is, when you become a Christian, your world becomes so much broader. Amen. Uh, every one of us in the world, whether we were um, a surfer, a lowrider, or whatever it is, you hang out with your group of people. Yeah. Whether you're a party animal or you're a geek with the electronics, you know, this is your little world. You know, yeah. you hang out with these people. Now, all of a sudden, you're a Christian, then this... There's people that you would never fellowship or talk to never. that are in the church. They come from the world. Amen. And so your, your world broadens and you realize what a small world you lived in. Uh, and even though you still understand the different categories and levels of, that people live in, you don't exalt yourself over them. You don't compare them one against another. No. You understand they're all sinners. Now one group will lend more to a sinful, destructive lifestyle than another group. Those that are in drugs are going to have much more problems, more destruction. Those that are partying, at first it doesn't seem like it, but it'll get them at the end. Um, those living for money, you know. I mean, so you've got, but you don't exalt yourself <coughs> above them. That's the main thing. You realize the destructiveness of sin, and everybody has that common denominator. And so when we approach somebody, whether it be someone who's a non-believer or a believer, we do it in such a way that we want to be treated as Paul says in Galatians 6, in meekness. And um, uh, there, there's a progression that takes place. We, we come in meekness and the way we would want to be approached in God's love. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then if there's, um, there's no acknowledgement of that, we may have to reprove them. And uh, we may even have to rebuke them. Amen. And we may even have to ask them to leave the church if they become so rebellious like that young man in 1 Corinthians 5.5 5, that was 
sleeping with her stepmother, and the church was accepting them like nothing wrong. And uh, Paul said, what's the matter with you guys? You know, like, if I was present, kick them out of the church. Amen. And so they finally did, and then he repents, and they don't want to let him back in. So they messed up on both ends. <laughs> so... Um, now we don't we don't go around looking for people that are living with somebody or they're into drugs and all that. Whoever comes in here, we just accept that they're Christians or they're non-believers that God is going to deal with. Amen. So we control the the conduct and the environment of the premise um, only to a certain extent that we don't allow any nonsense or disruptions to go on. Mm -hmm. But we have no idea in terms of their lifestyle if we don't know them. We're trusting they're Christians, but it, it's amazing. Only when they start getting involved do we become more questionable. How long have you been a Christian? Like Mario says, you yeah. know, how long have you been yeah. coming here? Have you gone to the New Believer study? This and that. You know what I mean? Um, but there are people that come to church that are living with their boyfriend and girlfriend. No doubt. And then no doubt. as they hear the Word of God that's being taught, the Word of God corrects people. Amen. All right, so we don't have to be out there like detectives trying to find people out and turn over every rock. That's not what we do. Uh, when God brings something to the forefront, we deal with it, depending on whether non-believers or believers, and we deal with it. But we're, we're not out there trying to, you know, make people's lives miserable. Amen. But we certainly don't want to allow something that's unbiblical or sinful to continue in the church if we know about it. So that's important. It's got to be so encouraging for you as you, you know, you're teaching the scripture week after week. And occasionally, I'm sure, you come in contact with people who the Lord has reproved. Nobody had to get in their face. Nobody right. had to talk to them. Right. They just responded to the Spirit of sure, God sure. and they made changes right. appropriately. And that's the importance of teaching the Word of God in the pulpit. Amen. Majority of churches are woke churches. Yeah. They're not teaching the Word of God, no. they got programs. They're teaching stuff that's so unbiblical. They're giving the people what they want to hear, not what they need. You know, it's interesting. These For these many years, and I know you guys are in the same boat here, we've been looking at the Scripture, you know, in, in the, the Lord's uh, perspective on the last days and the abuses that are going to take place in the church. Right. Not out in the world. Right. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. But in the church, the, the terrible abuses... And the thing is, is that even though we know about these things and we read about them and we even study the, the ideas, to actually see it happen yeah. is horrific. Sure. It's, it's startling. I don't know that there's any way to prepare yourself. Yeah, yeah. Seeing there's a, a church of people calling themselves believers and there are things that are being engaged and practiced yeah. that are against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of the emergent church pastors, um, they cuss from the pulpit. Yeah. They they get drunk. They have beer bashing with their elders. Uh, well, what's the difference between them and the world? I used to do that. Yeah. Why did I need to repent? And so they want to be so much like the world that they're not the family of God. They can You can say anything you want. You can say you're rich doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you're not rich, you're not rich. Mm -hmm. You can say you're a Christian, but God knows whether you're Christian or not. Mm -hmm. And people are going to notice by your lifestyle, by how you talk by the way you make your decisions, by your priorities of life. All of those things, if they spend time with you, they're gonna pick up on those. Yeah. And so it, it, it's real, real simple. And like, like you say, Pastor Mario, when you're observing people in general, you have a general idea of where they're coming from, who they are. 
But as you get, they get involved with ministry and you begin to work alongside of them, you get a lot more specific. You get to tell about people's character. How important is the character of an individual in their ability to serve in ministry? Well, it's, it's important. Um, you know, if they're, if they're not in the Word, if they're not uh, walking with the Lord the way they should, it's going to show up right away. Because some of the things that the ushers have to deal with are a bit taxing. They, uh, immediately, if a person isn't patient with someone, it's going to show. We're going to get complaints. And, you know, over the years we have had a few uh, issues with uh, uh, guys that just really weren't prepared, didn't have a heart for possibly ministry and or ushers, and uh, um, uh, we had to deal with them. Uh, but it's it's ultimately the most important thing because uh, um, the ushers are going to be the first um, first line of defense, if you would, Amen. you know, in the church. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to confront somebody and ask them to step down from ministry situation? This week? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Just really, honestly, yeah. just... A, it's got to be hard. Uh, it, it is. It's terrible. Um, there's been times when, you know, the person that I had to approach knew exactly what was going on, and they, they were, you know problem you know they they would step down other other times there'd be somewhat of a disagreement and they just couldn't see it and mm -hmm. uh but e either way you know regardless of who the individual is uh you know you do it you know like Xavier said meekness you know you want to approach them the way you want to be approached uh but ultimately you have to be truthful uh you know because it's not it's not your program that you're dealing with you're dealing with with uh, the church, you're dealing with God's people, and you, you you want to be above reproach when you deal with situations like that. You want to make sure that you're clear, you're humble, uh, but ultimately you have to be firm and uh, yeah. take care of it. My heart goes out to you because, you know, I mean, not only you, but all the ushers, because as you said, being on the front lines, your flesh is sneaky. <laughs> you know, you can think that you've got your carnal nature under control and you're a church and you want to conduct yourself. But if somebody steps on your toes in the right way, you can really respond in a carnal way, in a way that doesn't honor the Lord. And that's that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing you go home at night and you lay awake in bed thinking, why am I such an idiot? Why do I do this? You know. Yeah. And we've, we've seen things like that. We've had a few confrontations that, you know, people are the greatest people in the world. And they think you're the greatest pastor in the world until you step on the something they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden they just, they're, they're so carnal that they, they don't agree at all when it's very, very evident. Mm -hmm. And so you find out how spiritual people are when the bad things come. Amen. When the difficult times come. Not when things are good. How common is it, Pastor X, for people not to confront issues that should be confronted in churches today? I, I think... People don't like confrontation. No. And, um, and then we're told to do so. But again, we're told how to do it. Amen. Okay, so that's important that we do it lovingly. But we need to do it to keep the church in order and a good representation Amen. of Jesus Christ. Uh, parents, I mean, you don't have to go far. Parents uh, don't like confrontation with their kids for the most part. That's why the kids are jacked up today. Amen. Because parents don't take care of their kids. They let them do what they want. And so when you do that, then destruction comes. But parents that confront their kids lovingly and discipline them, bring consequences, give them guidance, direction, warning, plenty of affirmation of love, those kids are going to be all right. They're going to be kids like anybody else. They're little sinners, but they're going to be sound and grounded. Those children that don't receive all of that, 
then they're going to live by the influence of the uh, secular world, the culture, whatever's going on, the indoctrination of the public school education, um, uh, the anti-God spirit that's in America, and, uh, and the consequences are horrific. Uh, first to themselves, then to everybody else who they get joined right. up with. That's the main thing. And so um, um, a father or mother that doesn't confront their children and deal with them, um, they're, they're creating a time bomb for the person they marry. I mean, in some way, they're worse than the child yes, that's going absolutely. astray. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Some of the people, Pastor Mario, that, that you guys serve with in this ministry, that this is, I would think, commonly their first opportunity in ministry to serve. That's right. And be yes. an official, you know, person in the church. Um, I'll bet you guys have seen some pretty dramatic transformations in the lives of people. It must be awesome. Oh, we have. And, you know, oftentimes they'll go on to other ministries as well, being more effective possibly in other areas. But, yeah, um, it's a good place for growth because uh, to be an usher, it takes a lot of uh, not only patience but um, commitment because you're there every possibly, well, every there, every week, yeah. uh, once or twice, you know, whereas other various ministries, they, uh, they're there maybe once or twice a month. And so, you know, we, we depend on the guys to be there and um, weekly. And so it, it, it's a good place for them to grow. Uh, they're going to see, you know, how, what kind of commitment they have. Amen. And uh, so we, we're, we're fortunate in that regard. You guys are being involved on a, on a daily basis with ministry. Can you give us an idea of some of the things that you pray for the men and women who serve in this ministry? Patience. <laughs> Patience with people, you know, that goes a long way. Amen. You know? Like I said, sometimes a cup of coffee can be confrontational when you have to tell somebody, you know, you can't have it here, you know, and, and that, that really does go a long way. And simply yeah. uh, <coughs> people, um, you're, you see where they, they have needs and you pray, you're able to pray for them and, you know, yeah. growing closer to them. Yeah. 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 Pastor X, this really, I think it highlights for us the importance of people being led by the Holy Spirit of God. We, can, we can't get along without that, can we? Yeah, yeah. and that's, uh, if you look at the book of Acts, again, God um, gave gifts to men, um, and he anointed with the Spirit of God, and therefore, that's the whole basis of ministry. So the Holy Spirit said in Acts 13, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry which I have called them. <coughs> and so it's not something that we aspire to, on our own abilities or talents, but because God is directing and guiding us and raising us up and we know our gifts. And so we serve the Lord in whatever level, to whatever gifts it is, as unto Him and for the people. So first we serve the Lord, then we serve the people through the Lord. And uh, we're not looking for any um, congratulations or, you know, gifts or anything else or applause. We do it as unto the Lord, and as a commitment, this is what I have to do. It's just like a father. He goes to work, he comes home, uh, he eats dinner, feeds the dog, paints, and he starts all over again. Amen. And so it's as simple as it gets, but it's a commitment, a long commitment. So keep it simple, go to church, get saved, and serve the Lord. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese, on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.